0: You're listening to the Every Student, Every Day podcast with me, Jim Franchini, superintendent of the Averill Park Central School District. So hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Every Student, Every Day podcast. Uh, For those who have been paying attention uh, to the district, you know that social emotional learning has been a very important and key area for us. It's something that going back to, you know, even the budget development process from last year, we talked about uh, adding staff and making sure our students were in a good shape to return to us and that we supported them when they were here. And we definitely have seen throughout the pandemic that this concern has been very valid and we've been working very hard in the district to support our students the best we can. Two of those people who are really on the front lines of this and have done a fantastic job for us are our SEL coaches. So we thought it'd be a great time to have them in as we're about at the midway point of this school year. And as we build towards not just the second half, but a, second annual uh, Warrior Wellness Day, which we're excited about. And they're, again, in the front lines of planning that. So without further ado, I'll let them introduce ourselves. So thank you and welcome. Uh, Tracy, do you want to introduce yourself, start off?
1: Sure. I'm Tracy Hacker, and I'm a school psychologist in April Park since 1999. Um, I also have a master's degree in social work. Uh, But my certification is a school and my primary function here over the years has been as the school psychologist and the CSE chairperson. So I've worked in all five buildings. I've worked K through 12. And the really exciting thing about this new position in focusing on SEL is it allows me to get back into all five buildings within the same year. It also lets me reconnect with Liz Young, who I worked with at Rensselaer County Mental Health prior to coming to April Park. So we've kind of come full circle. When we were at the county, we were in a substance abuse prevention program. So very similar to our current SAPS, um, our student assistance program counselors here, uh, where we have two great ones with Samantha Keenan and Kim Fabro, but we did some similar types of programming together. So this was a, a kind of a full circle thing for us. And I'll let Liz talk a little bit more about what she's been doing
2: since we left Rensselaer County and some of her background. So I'm Liz Young and um, I'm really excited to have joined April Park uh, Central School District uh, this year. Um, I have a long history of working in both schools and in clinical practice. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and a certified school counselor um, uh, and specialize in working with kids uh, and school adjustment. Um, and supporting their school experience. I've worked in several school districts, but always maintained a private practice as well. And um, all throughout have actually you know, utilized some of the things I learned from working with Tracy years and years ago in, in the mental health department at Windsor County. Um, this work um, is exciting to me because it supports kids' mental health, but in a preventative way um, and in a holistic way by um, focusing on what's programming in school and what we can do to support their social emotional learning. So it's exciting. It's a really, really exciting new job for me. Say that the other thing
1: that's pretty neat for both Liz and I is that we both reside in the district. Mm-hmm. I have three Avril Park graduates, you know, children of my own who I think have used a lot of the social emotional skills that their teachers have taught over the years, but this gives us an opportunity to look a little bit more closely. And I know that that some of the things we'll talk about today will I hopefully highlight that, but that's, it's exciting to yeah. see the district's focus on social emotional learning in not that it hasn't always been a priority, but in a different
2: kind of light. Well, I have to say that's part of why I came here, right? Is that I've been living in the district for 30 years and um and was excited that this school district really had this focus and was taking the time to really notice um, this area of learning um, so i'm really excited to be working in my own community it's a wonderful experience
0: thank you it's great to have both of you here and great to have liz in the district uh brand new to us essentially though we can't say that for much longer you're not yeah. not so brand new anymore yeah so, so as we've kind of hit upon You know, social emotional learning, SEL, is something that we take very seriously here. It's been a focal point. But for our casual listeners or maybe uh, people who are new to the school district or the children are just starting here, or maybe they're just trying to kind of get a better idea of what this means, it can be kind of a nebulous sort of term. What is social emotional learning and why is it become a priority for us here?
2: Social emotional
1: learning, and and I'm going to actually give you the definition from the collaborative for academic social emotional learning, because that is the pretty much universally agreed upon definition that educators use, is that we talk about it as the process through which children and adults understand and manage emotions, set and achieve positive goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain positive relationships, and make responsible decisions. We're really talking about things that years ago we referred to as soft skills. The difference now is that we're talking not just about how they develop, but how we teach them, and that's where the focus on social-emotional learning has really turned. We've always been interested in the human development of those skills. We haven't always given as much attention as we could or should to
2: how we teach them, Right, so the, um, you know, structures have changed in our community and culture um, over the years. And um, schools are picking up a little more of the social-emotional learning and teaching. But social-emotional learning has always occurred in schools, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of social-emotional learning and programming that's been going on in Naval Park forever as i'm sure but it's very clear in my um with my new gaze on the on the system um and talking to teachers uh and students here that there's a lot of this work going on um, already part of our job is to look at how how is that happening k through 12 and is it happening in a logical developmental sensible way some folks Think that social emotional learning is mental health, and there really is a difference, right? Um, so, social emotional learning—if we have strong soft skills, we have we, the research shows that we have stronger mental health, right? So when we talk about mental health, we're talking about the
1: emotional, psychological, and social well-being of somebody. So where they are static in that moment, what their their state is. The same way we would talk about someone's physical health. When we talk about social emotional skills, so again, that learning process, how do we develop the strength to navigate rough waters? One of the things that has happened with COVID and the global pandemic is that we've seen people needing to use skills in a different kind of way. We were not prepared, nor was any district for going to a full remote in 2020. So what were the skills that students had that made that help them to navigate that? When we talk about college and career readiness and you look at the district goals, what are some of those skills that are going to help students navigate the bumps? We know that there's going to be bumps. We can predict what some of them might be, but we can't predict all of them. So we want to make sure that students have an opportunity to practice those skills and develop those skills to develop almost the way you look at exercise, that core strength Mm -hmm. so that when you're challenged with something when when you carry a five pound weight down the hall it's not a big deal when you're asked to carry a five pound weight for months at a time that becomes really heavy so what skills do you have in order to be able to switch hands in order to be able to navigate that in order to be able to ask for help have somebody take that on so that's why we want to focus on those skills and and i think that's where the board of education and your office and the district leadership and the teachers all came together to say, we wanna look at this a little bit more closely. We wanna look at how we're teaching these skills so that students have those underlying strengths in order to be able to navigate those rough waters.
2: And the other thing we've learned is that it it doesn't work to just teach the skill once or to teach it exactly the same way over and over and over again, that you wanna be able to teach the skill from different directions and with different methods and. Mm -hmm. techniques. And so that's part of what we're looking at and and helping to support. When years ago,
1: when Liz and I were doing prevention programming and things like that, in terms of the substance abuse perspective, we talked about risk and resiliency. Social emotional learning activities have a lot of those same components. What we've moved on to, though, is that when we talk about, certainly in April Park, when we talk about social emotional learning, we're not talking about a commitment to a program to a 10 lesson thing. We're talking about a commitment to a way of teaching and embedding skills throughout the day, making eye contact, problem solving, communication. And both CASEL and our school district, I think really agree that families are a child's first teacher. So we wanna partner with families, caregivers, the community. We don't wanna do this in isolation. So this isn't come to school and we're going to teach you something. This is come to school and we're going to, show you how to use something and we're going to partner with your families to reinforce it and and to kind of fine tune it so that you can be stronger in these skills
0: that's a great explanation and i think a good depth of knowledge without uh getting too much into the jargon but very easy to understand so i appreciate that i think from the superintendent point of view pre-pandemic and i've told this story before pre-pandemic uh, our organization, NISCIS, does a survey of superintendents. And came can't remember if it was a year before or the two years before. The top priority among superintendents for the upcoming year was SEL. And the reason that was such a big deal is for the previous, you know, X number of years. It was a long time. It was money related. It was budgets. Mm-hmm. It was revenue. It was tax cap. So before the pandemic SEL had reached the level of being the top priority of superintendents in the state of New York, and then we had a pandemic, and this switched to yeah. virtual learning, and the, we all know all the the extra um, stresses that have been added to the plates of, of children, just like the rest of us during this, so that SEL um, need has certainly not decreased, but in fact... Uh, has increased quite a bit so
2: exactly and the um the Surgeon general actually just you know made a statement that um, we're in a mental health crisis for um children and adolescents but makes it clear that that was building prior to COVID. um it's just and COVID has exacerbated it and has allowed us um, a chance to really think about it and look at what skills might help move people out of that crisis so that, you know right. this is a, a moment in time that, um, again, I'm pleased to be part of a district that's paying attention to this.
1: And I think the market right now, when I say market emails, uh, social media, mm-hmm. is really being flooded with a lot of SEL programming and companies. And unfortunately, some people are taking advantage of it in um, a, a less than productive manner, but it, it isn't something that's new. Uh, As you said, you know, it was the superintendent's top priority. It's also appearing on Indeed on job search sites. Forbes has highlighted it. Many companies have talked about what they want to see when you read or hear what parents want kids to know and how we want them to be prepared. They talk about that it's not just. math skill or you know just being able to prepare a resume it's how do you navigate that how do you talk how do you ask for help communication skills those kinds of things we did a presentation with Kiwanis recently Mm -hmm. and it was so much fun to talk with them about their perception of what they would like to see students have and they really fit in with that connection to future career readiness and the ability to work as a team structure so we talked a lot about soft skills what they thought of AS SOFT SKILLS, AND THOSE ARE REALLY THE SAME SKILLS THAT WE'RE TALKING ABOUT WITH SOCIAL EMOTIONAL LEARNING.
0: FANTASTIC. SO WE'VE TALKED KIND OF A LITTLE MORE um, GLOBALLY ABOUT WHAT WE'RE DOING AS A DISTRICT. CAN YOU TALK TO US A LITTLE BIT ABOUT WHAT SEL PROGRAMS ARE CURRENTLY BEING UTILIZED AT EACH LEVEL? VERY DIFFERENT ELEMENTARY VERSUS MIDDLE VERSUS HIGH SCHOOL IN TERMS OF WHAT STUDENT NEEDS are and then how we respond to those needs. Can you kind of give us an overview of of the three different levels and how things are different and what's being used?
2: I can start with elementary um, has um, a time in each day um, called connections. And that time is um, set aside uh, for teachers to uh, work with their classes, doing any kind of connections activity to increase connection among the class um, to do different um, uh, lessons or uh, exercises. Um, they might do a circle and discuss a topic. They might uh, do a breathing exercise. They might talk about current events. It depends on the level, the age group, but every, every elementary school at every grade level is doing that. Um, uh, the counseling um, team... Uh, which includes both the school counselors and the school psychologists at the elementary level, um, also do present the zones of regulation curriculum to um, the lower grades throughout the district. Um, and that's a, a, a well uh, respected. Uh, curriculum that teaches about emotional regulation and naming your feelings and being able to express your feelings. Because what we know is that if you can say them out loud in an appropriate way, you're less likely to um, lose your temper. You're less likely to act out in a negative way. And you're also likely to be healthier. Because if you're not sort of what we call eating up your feelings or holding your feelings in, you're going to be a healthier person. So I think that those are all great things. And as Liz said, there's some
1: programming built into that. But a lot of it is about our strategies. Mm -hmm. It's less about buying a canned program. And I know that that is a concern that sometimes people have when we talk about, and I know we'll talk about this a little bit more, but when we talk about surveys or we talk about initiatives, people want to know, well, where did you buy your program from? And I think one of the, the things that's so impressive about the way that we are doing it, and when I say we, I don't mean Liz and I, I mean as a district, and all of the partners coming together to talk about this, and there's some some debate and some arguing, and that's a good thing because we're looking at what are the strategies we're using, as opposed to going out and buying a canned program, and saying, okay, we're done. Um, it's much harder this way, but it's much more effective for students. So at the middle school, if you walk into the building, you will see, or if you know you are on the website, the Warrior Way, that is an SEL type of strategy. So we're we're asking people to use consistent language, so the warrior way is I will respect myself and all members of the AMS community, I will never settle for anything less than my best. I will make AMS a better place through my words and actions. So we're asking students to think about respect. We're asking them to think about effort and we're asking them to think about kindness or teamwork and how they interact those interpersonal skills in everything that happens. The other thing that the middle school is doing is that once a month they're having a warrior Wednesday where they are using community circles. They're practicing these skills. So they're not putting up posters and saying, oh, figure it out on your own. They're
2: giving students an opportunity to practice. This week's was on goal setting. On goal setting. It was terrific. And um, each class um, talked about what a goal is, how one might consider setting a goal, watched a video that um, gave uh, a strategy on how to set a SMART goal. And then each student um, set an academic goal and a personal goal that they are keeping in their notebook, in their binder that they can check and then it will be reviewed again in June. So, and each month there is a different theme that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, the focus of those circles. Really wonderful SEL activity at the secondary level because the hope is
1: that a lot of these foundations have been built a lot of the activities are what we refer to as tier two so they're the intervention type of activities for students who are struggling so whether it's a meaningful session with their counselor they're using community circles students who have difficulty getting to school for a variety of reasons maybe part of an attendance circle where they get to talk about what are some of the barriers how do i feel more connected the st- The high school student study team, which makes up the uh, high school leadership team, as well as the counselors. Liz and I also attend uh, really problem solves on an individual or small group student basis in terms of how do we connect? How do we help students feel more connected? Those types of things. The high school leadership team has also posted signs in the cafeteria with common language. I know because of distancing, it's been harder to bring groups together to do some of those things so i would say that that's still a work in progress but there's been a lot of efforts made to do those things um the clubs mm-hmm. are all working on positive messaging yep. using common language liz and i have met with this student leadership team there and there's tons more work to be done but those are some of the the starting points that we have there
2: and at the high school level um Working for Tracy and myself, working with the students is going to be very important, you know, and helping the student leadership then communicate it to their peers, communicate these messages to their peers, because that's how adolescents like to learn best is from each other.
1: And two people who are two programs, we're looking at kind of mm-hmm. more programming that have been key at the high school level health class. Mm-hmm. And I know Olga. I don't want to leave her out because I know she's done a tremendous amount of work in terms of the health curriculum. Yep. So they do uh, address that. The shift in health from being an 11th, 12th grade class to now really being a priority in ninth and 10th reflects where the high school is thinking in terms of we, we want to talk to students about sensitive topics or about um, I don't know that sensitive is in the right word. It's sensitive because it's sensitive to each student in terms of how their health and wellness is, not in terms of controversial sensitive. But we want to make sure that they have an opportunity in ninth and 10th grade to explore goal setting, to talk about good health, to talk about good decision-making. And Kim Fabro pushes into all of the ninth grade. I don't know if it's English or social studies this year. I think that, that mm-hmm. she alternates so that in terms of uh, taking teacher time. But she pushes in to do
2: a curriculum in terms of good decision-making as well. And so, the same is done at the middle school. Yes, in yeah. grade 6 through 8. And health, health is taught also in the middle yeah. school. So, so, so 6 through 12, um, you know, there's a, a nice uh, programming within, within subject area, right. which is terrific. Um, I, I think teachers are open to and um,
1: embedding. The messages, and when I say open to, I don't mean that they haven't been doing it. When a teacher talks about the decisions of a character in a novel or in a text, that's social-emotional education. They're not telling somebody what to think, but they're helping people explore that there's two sides to an argument, perhaps, or that a character may have a particular set of feelings and what does the character do to move through that. In social studies, they're talking about conflict, in terms of uh, through different eras. And how do people move beyond that conflict? And what happens as a result of it? What world changes were there? So there are a lot of things that are embedded right within curriculum naturally. The goal of social emotional learning under CASEL and what the district is doing is to then say, okay, so let's make sure that that's happening across the board. Let's look at that and examine how we're doing that. So we can do that in a way that really pulls every student in and gives every student an opportunity to have those
2: discussions. So again, um, elementary, all fifth grades might be reading the same book um, that has some social emotional learning themes and those so across the district, all the students are having some instruction explicitly through their um, English language arts programming. Mm -hmm middle school, one book, one school. So there's a lot of different things. I know we didn't go
1: through a laundry list. I hope that that's okay. We didn't just list them out for you. But I think it's really important that people hear Mm -hmm. that there's so many different creative
2: things happening. And it's not a we go in for 10 weeks, and we're done. And that's that again, going back to what I said earlier, what what we know is that teaching it one way, uh, the same way every year is not the way people uh, most easily learn things, that it needs to come from different directions and different methods, and even right down to PE. You know, there's wonderful social-emotional learning that goes on in PE classes. So we're looking at all those things and just trying to have a good picture of how we can add to that and, um, and how we can improve it.
0: Well, that was a fantastic uh, review of what's going on, and I think really hits the different developmental levels and all things that we're doing. Like, I think you really hit home that it's it's not a canned program; it's not a get in and get out. It is continuous. It is embedded. It is developmentally appropriate, and it's really just giving our students one more thing in their toolbox to be successful and happy and well-adjusted mm-hmm. and make their experience and their lives better. So. Thank you. We are looking at doing, as a district, an SEL survey, and I know it's been a big topic of late in terms of preparing for it, and if you can maybe talk to uh, our listeners about the survey itself, what type of data is going to be collected from that, what you hope you're going to get out of it, how will that be used to help our students?
2: well to to go back to what, actually just to what i uh, just finished with this last section there you know our goal is to understand what we're doing well and where we might need to improve so the goal of the survey really is about providing the district information on what's working and what's what's not or what's hitting what's hitting those um notable uh moments for kids um in, uh, in their experience. You know, we can look at it and think we know we're doing the right things, but we want to hear from the kids that that whether they're, they're receiving our message, right? So that's really the goal of the survey is for us to receive information so that we can better program. I mean, I want to, you know, be clear that there's so much amazing work that has already been going on here. You know, with the new eyes on the, here, uh, on the district, I can tell you that, um, you know this this district has you know has great success and uh you know is working from a place of strength and and what this will do is help us just get better right and that's that's the goal we're looking at four areas growth mindset social awareness emotional
1: regulation and supportive relationships and we want to examine how can we do better as educators um, what skills do students feel that they have? What have been cemented? So we don't get rid of those things because we don't want to throw th- something out that's really working. And then how do we get a little stronger there? So there may be questions like, how often are you able to pull yourself out of a bad mood? We're not asking how often are you in one? We want to know, do you, do students feel that they have the tools or the skills to do this? So it really is skill-based um, and we're going to build our initiatives, our strategies from there.
2: We know that um, <clears throat> people in general and, and definitely students are more resilient if they feel they have a connection to their school or at least one significant adult, right? We've we've heard that for mm-hmm. many, many years. So, we you know, that's another, we want to understand that connections time at elementary school, these different program opportunities we have already happening in the district we want to have a sense of whether that's working whether kids feel connected to their school community and i think that's the other underlying thing with the sel work is that um you know over over the past 10 20 years there's been um a little less less sense of community in our world right um and um the uh, caring for each other and um, and being aware of one's neighbor and that sort of thing. And so that's an SEL skill, actually. So um, we want to build a strong and safe school community. And we want to hear whether kids feel like that's happening.
1: Yeah. So we might ask about, do you have somebody that you feel connected to in school? That basic of a question so that if we're getting a lot of yeses. We can take a look at those grade levels. Okay, in these grade levels, students feel very connected, but perhaps in a different grade level, it drops off a little bit. That could be developmental. And then we want to shift how we address those things to make sure that all students are feeling connected.
0: I think it's so important to get that student input. All right, I think as adults, we always think we know like mm-hmm. what the kids need or want or what would be helpful. And you know, hopefully we're, we're pretty spot on most of the time, but so often we forget to ask them, the, the actual students, the ones that we're servicing, what is it that they need, what is it that they want, and, and make our decisions based really on their input. And so that's yeah. great to get that information. It's, it's extremely valuable. So we make sure we're working, you know, the old smarter, not harder type thing to make sure we're dedicating our resources appropriately, adjusting because we have a finite financial resource. We have a finite human resource. We want to make sure that we're using those appropriately and properly and to actually benefit kids and not just because it feels good or it seems like it would be the right thing. So. Right.
1: We will use that information as we work with student leadership to plan the wellness day activities as well. So if there are skill areas or things that they say that they want to know more about, then we want their voice to be heard. So we will absolutely be using that information to inform us about the activities that they wanna engage in or the types of speakers that they want to engage with. We're looking at March as our focus for that wellness day uh, because that will give us an opportunity to share with them the survey results in a general sense, um, You know, not an individual's survey results, obviously, but the overall picture and then we can build from there and we can look at doing a day or half day with each building, maybe a week, of themes with elementary based on their needs and really build that in for them.
0: And that, that's uh, a great segue because my, my next question was about Wellness Day. So last year we had our first ever. It actually came from directly a student who advocated uh, for herself and her, her peers to the Board of Education and and looking for something. And we put together a little group and had a very successful uh, first ever wellness day. And, you know, we plan on making it a yearly event. Can you talk a little bit more about that day? Maybe past what happened last year, present, what we're thinking this year, future, where you see it going, any of those things in terms of what is wellness day and how, how does it impact the district?
2: Sure. Well, um, that's a great example, right. Of how young people can influence their community in a really positive way. Right. What a strong, social, emotional skill that is. And um, that student brought a tremendous idea to the district. And uh, the result was a a day long um, conference essentially, right? A a wellness day conference for uh, the middle and high school level. Um, and, And was very successful. It was at a distance, it was virtual, right? So the challenge this year is to bring that in person and Tracy and I uh, were asked to um, do some coordinating for this project. It's not just us, of course, we brought everybody in and particularly at the high school, we're working with the student leadership. Um, They gave us feedback um, and they asked that they would like it to be a half a day um, or probably more like on a two hour delay schedule, maybe a little longer than two. But, uh, and they had some very specific things they were hoping to hear from, but it's the same idea that you've set up like a conference that you, a professional conference that you get to choose, there'll be a keynote of some sort that you then get to choose um, from a menu of options and and go to hear some speakers on some social, emotional or mental health oriented um, talks or activities. The number one thing that they asked is that it be in person.
1: Yes. So we are, are listening to what they said um, as a result. And, you know, given some of the, the challenges with coming back after the holidays, we've moved that from January, where we did it last year, to March. March can also be a pretty long month for students in terms of not having a holiday. The weather's not great. So we're hoping that we can build in some activities for them, for those who don't want to necessarily listen and speak, but to do. Yoga was a big thing last year. People really, really enjoyed kind of getting in touch with that inner thought, Mm -hmm. some quiet, learning how to use their bodies uh, as part of that process of wellness. And so we'll offer that again, but there'll be some other things based on the feedback. We did get surveys from students last year. So we're also going through those and making sure that we have a lot of available options for them.
2: The middle school will be on the same sort of model and both, both, uh, groups are also interested in utilizing their beautiful outdoor space so there will be some green space options and nature-based options in those choices as well as fitness um, opportunities uh, for for choices Uh, the elementary school is is looking more like a theme week um, because elementary students are not uh, geared toward going to a professional conference, right? So uh, we're going to work more with um, our library media specialists, our um, nutrition folks, uh, and look at sort of some over-the-week over over, uh, over the week themes that can help teach each day of that week um, some of the SEL and wellness uh, mm-hmm. messages. Yep. So your job as the superintendent is to make sure that there are no snow days
1: that week, particularly on the day that we schedule for the middle school and the high school. So just yep. letting you know that is your task for Wellness Day. Yeah.
0: Always a challenge to predict the weather, especially in April Park. We will do our best. We will do our best. That is—it's a, a great thing again. Started from a student, and it was so cool how the district came together last year to put that first one together. And that's great input from the students. And again, think. I think it plays to what we've talked about in terms of the emphasis on in-person instruction this year. Mm -hmm. We did virtually did as best we could, but there's, there's just no substitute for being in person for our kids. And I I think that's just another great example of how they wanted that to be uh, in person. So, well, you have shared a ton of information. Is there anything that we're working on or that's on your mind that you would like to share with the community that we haven't kind of covered?
2: Well, Tracy mentioned earlier that we presented to the Kiwanis, but we're we're available to go on the road and uh, do some presenting in the community. She also mentioned that we're not. This really isn't just about kids coming to school and getting it in school. We'd like to work with families and comu- community members and community organizations in whatever way we can to make this a more holistic message. So, um, so that's one thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I, thinking. I think we've talked an awful lot. I'm not sure our
1: podcast listeners want to. Have me rehash everything, but I do think think that that is the
2: newsletter. newsletter.
1: So we do. We have been putting out a newsletter for faculty and staff as well as for community. We put out a fall newsletter and our winter newsletter should go out next week. I hope that people will take a look at that and use the resources, but also give us feedback if there's other things that they would like to know. We're covering the Castle five in terms of those five areas. We want to do some basic education trying to include some mental health links, trying to include some family activities, but we are open to suggestions. So if people want to send us an email, um, you know, through the district website, you can go to the counseling and click on us. And um, I'm sure even if they got it to you, that you would get it to us. So if there's suggestions for things that they want to see, we are are happy to do more research on those things and get that information out.
0: That is great for our listeners. I've I've seen you to present. It's, it's a very engaging presentation, no matter what your, your topic is or your area. It's uh, easy to listen to and just kind of sit back and and enjoy. So I would encourage anyone who thinks they might have a group that would benefit to uh, contact us. So the name of our podcast is the every student every day podcast. And we end all of them with that final question of what does every student every day mean to you?
2: You
1: want to take that or you want me to take it first i'll i'll take it first um for me i think one of the most powerful messages that we can give our students or that we can give other human beings is to be seen so when i hear every student every day for me it's that message that everybody should come to school and know that they matter Um, and i think that i hope
2: that we all do that but that's what i think of when i think of every student every day Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you just ask that question, I get got goosebumps like I I um, feel very moved by that uh, that statement. And I see it every day here. And I've always loved working with teachers and the and working with them to improve the art of teaching and educating students. But I really see it here in April Park. and, yeah, to see each student and um be where they are each day and and try and move forward, of course. Yeah. but uh, but, yeah, and yeah. to feel it deeply.
1: yeah, we don't yeah. have to see eye to eye, but imagine a, a population of people who all feel seen and heard, and how good that would feel. And I so, in our student slogan, we might not be able to do it everywhere, but we can certainly do it here in school. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you to to both of you. Uh, You know, I, I think it's really from, from my viewpoint, this has been such a rewarding and positive experience. You know, you kind of go through the process here and you identify needs and you kind of an idea of what's going out there in our community, but the community at large, we knew SEL was a topic we knew it was a big issue. You know, sometimes we make things up and then try to implement them the best we can. And we knew we had through the federal funding, some funds and, this idea of SEO coaches, we had an idea, we had a thought, we thought this could work, but there was no roadmap for this. There was no template to follow. There was no, you know, book we could take out and say, this is how you do this. So you do it and you, you, you know, in your mind, you know, you have good people here and you feel like you can make this work. But from the, going back to that idea originally, as we went through the budget process last year, and now we're restarting the budget process really in January for this year to see where this idea has come and the work that you two have done in the district literally every day you know it, it there was no roadmap and you two have taken an idea and a thought and turned it into very real very practical um, tangible things that are benefiting kids every day and benefiting our teachers every day so to make this work has been no small accomplishment, especially with the challenges that we've had this year. So thank you to the both of you for, again, you know, making us, uh, making us look smart when we have these ideas during, you know, budget process, but to actually implement it on the ground, which is really where the work is, has just been fantastic. So thank you to the both of you for that. Thank you for what you brought to the district that I know we'll continue to bring to the district and for joining us today. I know everyone is very busy So to take the time you've you've taken here today to to talk to our listeners about it, it's a hugely important topic, something we feel very important, that is very important, and we want to continue to emphasize as as we go forward. So thank you very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. See you next time on Every Student, Every Day.